0: Good Monday morning, this is Rabbi Kim, and uh, today I would like to talk about and share with you um, the consequences of words. I also would like to apologize in advance. Uh, I live in a very heavily treed area and there's constant falling of leaves so we have the landscapers here nearly every day making a racket with with the blowers. Um, It's very annoying and I hope that it isn't too loud. Uh, that it would interfere with your um, listening or um, too irritating to you while you're listening. Uh, but um, I'm going to go ahead and um, move further with uh, the gospel for today. Okay, so, um, I want to say this about our words and about speaking. I apologize. Just hang in there with me for a moment. I think they're right outside my door. Okay, I think they're moving along now. So, what I want to say to everyone listening today is not to speak too much. And what do I mean by not speaking too much? Well, The Gospel tells us that when we speak with a lot of words, usually there is some type of transgressional outcome. And the Gospel also says that if we measure our words, and better yet restrain our words that's the prudent and wise thing to do and sometimes it seems like the more we talk the more we sin they're at the back of our house now excuse me I know they're only doing their job, but it is a nuisance. Okay, so I was saying that that the more we talk, the more we sin. And just knowing that ought to sober us and cause us to slow down our talking. But many of us just keep talking and talking and talking. We all have days like this, and some of us more than others. So to paint a picture for you I'll tell you a little story. There was a tombstone in an English churchyard and there was very faint etching on it that read beneath this stone a lump of clay lies Arabella Young who on the 24th of May, began to hold her tongue. And if we open our Bibles and we go to Proverbs 10, verse 19, um, the message there is even better, and it's one that we should heed. It says that we should begin to hold our tongue at some point while we live. And the Gospels in James 1 verse 19 says that that's what wise people do. Wise people know how and when to hold their tongue. They're not incessant talkers. They talk, of course, but they are quick to hear and slow to speech. That's very important. If you're wise, you talk. Of course, we all need to talk. But if we're wise, we're quick to hear what someone else is saying and we are slow to speak back a response. And I think that that's an especially important important lesson in regard to the high technology times that we are living in. And with texting and emailing specifically, because words through these mediums can be misconstrued can be taken the wrong way. Um, You can send someone an email or a text, and depending on what mood they're in that day, it can be misconstrued or taken in a way that you don't want it to be taken. It can anger someone. It can upset someone emotionally. Especially if somebody is going through a difficult period in their life. So why do we talk so much? Maybe it's nervousness or insecurity. Hmm. Yes, we can talk too much when we're nervous or feeling insecure. But a big reason for talking too much is pride. And it brings to mind that old saying, pride goeth before a fall. We're all self-preoccupied, self-centered, and self-enamored. That's just the way we're made. And if we open our Bibles and go to Proverbs 18, verse 2, it says, A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. And boy, is that ever true. So someone once told me that one of their heroes is Theodore Roosevelt, a former president. And if we look at who he was, we know that Roosevelt was a courageous, fearless president with many incredible traits. But just like the rest of us, he was a flawed individual. And talking too much was one of his flaws. It was before my time, but anyone who was mature enough, or alive at that time, will know that Theodore Roosevelt was a talker. And one of his biographers by the name of Edmund Morris commented on that and said that the president delights like a schoolboy in a parading of his knowledge. And he does it loudly and at such length that less vigorous talkers... Lapse into weary silence. I think we might all know someone who is a talker and have experienced the weary silence after listening to them or while we're listening to them. So... Another individual by the name of John Hay once calculated that in a two-hour dinner at the White House, our President Roosevelt's guests were responsible for only four and a half minutes of conversation. The rest was supplied by the president himself. That must have been a long dinner, right? So, okay, maybe you're not that bad, but I hope not. You see, Theodore Roosevelt is not the standard. And God calls us to be very careful and would like us to hold back, to go slow when it comes to talking to others. Be slow to speak, but quick to listen. And I think most of us get that backwards many times. We're actually quick to speak and slow to listen. What happens when a friend or a family member is angry or upset or having a bad day And doesn't take the time to consider what they're about to say. And rather, just really quick to speak. Which isn't fair, because they haven't really listened. So... Words are a great resource. We know that. We can do so much good with life-giving words. But words can also be abused. I think we all know that well. One way that we abuse words is by talking too much and listening too little. And like I said before, in this time of cell phones and email and Facebook, perhaps the problem of excessive words is worse than ever. Remember, wise people hold their tongue. So I want you to ask yourself... Because I'm going to ask myself, how are you doing at this rare discipline? (laughs) Just remember, in the multitude of words, there is no lack of disobedience. But he who restrains his lips does so wisely. The Gospels say, So then, my beloved brothers and sisters, let every man or woman be swift to hear and slow to speak. And slow. Very slow to anger. You see, the anger that can be produced by a man or a woman's fast speech, frequent speech. That doesn't produce the righteousness of God. It doesn't make God happy. So, therefore, we need to put away all those filthy words and overflowing wickedness in them. and receive with humility the implanted word now that implanted word does a positive thing a thoughtful word can actually save souls that's pretty is pretty thought provoking it's profound by the same token <coughs> excuse me if we speak and when we speak let's at least try to be doers of the good word because if anyone hears the good word when he looks in the mirror he sees himself and he sees God It's also said that he who looks into the perfect Torah of freedom and continues not being a hearer who forgets, but a doer of the work, this person will be blessed in what he does. And by the way, Google the Torah. Because... There within the Torah do we find all of the Master's instructions on living a good life. And a Messianic Jew is familiar with the Torah. So if you're not familiar with the Torah and the instructions there within. Google it. Start reading it. Start applying it to your life. The other thing that we can say is that there are a lot of people out there that pro proclaim themselves to be religious peoples, and I don't care what the religion is, but if you think that you're a religious person while your tongue rides roughshod over everyone, you are deceiving your own heart as well as God's heart and all of your religious faith is worthless that's right because if you're running roughshod with your mouth and hurting people that's not godlike there's nothing godlike about that Okay, let me share with you some quotes of the gospel to think about. The gospel says, a man who isolates himself pursues selfishness. And that person will defy all sound judgment. A fool has no delight in understanding. But only in revealing his own opinion. That's all they want to do. Their opinion is the only opinion that matters. And I have to say that during these very tumultuous political times many of us including myself have either been victim or have victimized someone else by only revealing and believing in your own opinion and so then we fly off the handle and say things we shouldn't say and suddenly too many words then suddenly the wickedness comes and the devil enjoys it and contempt also comes and the devil enjoys that too The gospel also says that the words of a man or woman's mouth are like deep waters. The fountain of wisdom is like a flowing brook. To be partial to the faces of the wicked is not good. It's not good for us, but it pleases the devil. We also have to remember that while we're talking and talking and trying to get our point across and trying to make everyone think that your opinion is the end-all and be-all opinion and that they have to take it on, when we do that, we're depriving the innocent of justice. So we know that if we're foolish, our lips will come into strife. We'll talk too much. We'll talk too fast. We only share our, our opinions and we don't want to hear anyone else's. A fool's mouth, is his own destruction, or her own destruction. And I'm going to say his, but it also means hers as well. And his lips are a snare to your soul, okay? Your mouth is a snare to your soul. The things that come out of your mouth are a snare to your soul. And the words of gossip are like dainty morsels what does the gospel mean by that they go down into a person's innermost parts that doesn't sound good one who is slack in his work is brother to him who is a master of destruction and there's that old saying idle hands are the devil's workshop so one who is slack in his work is brother to him who is a master of destruction that's how bad it can get when we don't watch our words when we don't Just slow down and take a pause. And sometimes we need to say to other people, whoa, 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 pause, pause for a minute. This conversation is not going in a good direction. And the gospel also knows and shares and tells us that before destruction, the heart of man is proud. So whenever you're feeling proud and boastful, that's when you really need to slow down your words, to take a pause, take a break, and think about what you're about to say. And is it going to be hurtful? Is it appropriate? Or can it hurt? Can it cause an unrelenting rift with someone that you love? And that's the humility of what I'm saying and what the Gospels are saying. Because if you answer somebody before you hear, it's most definitely going to bring shame. Shame to you and hurt and shame to the person that you're speaking to. Remember this, your spirit can sustain you in your sickness, but if you crush someone else's spirit with your mouth, what are you going to do about it once the words are out there? Are you going to be the big person? Are you going to do the right thing? The Gospels say the heart of the discerning gets knowledge and that the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. He who pleads his cause first may seem right until another comes and questions him The gospel says the lot settles disputes and keeps strong ones apart and that a brother or a sister offended is more difficult than a fortified city and that disputes are like the bars of a fortress. Think about that for a minute. A man and woman's stomach can be filled with the fruit of his mouth. I really like that one. Is your stomach full of the fruit of your mouth? Think about it. What's coming out of your mouth? Maybe it's bad fruit. And then when he speaks through his lips and his mouth, he feels very satisfied because it's his way or the highway. I've got to get my opinion through I have to make you understand that it's my way or the highway and many times when you're seeking that end result people will take the highway just saying people will take the highway and when that happens You need to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I shouldn't have spoken to you in that manner. My speech was disrespectful. I didn't think about what I was saying before I said it. And some people will even say, I love you, but... Really? I love you, but... The word but should never be in the same sentence as I love you. It just shouldn't. And we all know that. So don't go there. Don't do it. Because you're going to really hurt someone. And they're going to take the highway. And you won't see them again. Maybe forever or maybe they just need to take a break from your mouth. The gospel also tells us that death and life are in the power of our tongues so maybe you really don't love that person or care about that person so much because you're willing to kill that relationship with your mouth. So, I think that the Gospel has made its point today. And I hope that you and I can begin to watch what we say and how we say it. If we've heard some One with too many words, are we strong enough? Are we a big enough person to say, I'm sorry. And listen, if someone has done you wrong with their mouth, it's your call, but don't let them get away with it. Let them know how you feel. And be calm and don't use too many words to tell them. And if they don't come back to you with an apology, then maybe it's time for a break. Maybe the apology will come over time. But if it doesn't come, try not to feel too bad about the loss of that relationship because you and God know who's responsible, who who said too much of the wrong thing, who didn't take the time to stop and listen. Maybe somebody just didn't understand what you were trying to get across. Maybe somebody took something that you said and internalized it and made it theirs. Just say you're sorry. We have to respect one another, really. We have to learn to respect each other. And we have to learn... To apologize so that's what I wanted to talk about today Monday November 11th I hope you all have a great day and God bless you and your families this is Rabbi Kim signing off